I tell them welcome to the gray area And stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate Every other Thursday, politics to the chips Get up on this wave <laughs> Now tell me what's to talk about Cause we the only thing to talk about How you keep reality in check Just keep it real rap and don't gossip with the facts, yeah The worst sports time of my life continues we got to talk about them Giants. This is the Gray Area, and I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! Woo! As you can tell by the tone of my voice, it's, it's not an excited tone. It's not a jovial tone. It's definitely a somber wave in the Gray Area. Uh, chapter 43, we talked about them Lakers, Laker pains, you know. And now I have to talk about my New York Giants. It, it's... It's a tough time. Like, Odell Beckham, we can get right into it. I'm not wasting time. Odell Beckham, you could say he's my favorite football player. Like, throughout this one playoff appearance in four or five years, six years for the Giants, Odell has been a bright spot on Sundays. To get to see him play, be the best in the game at what he does at his position, I should say, it, it, it gave you hope towards the future to finally, you know, maybe have that Super Bowl Sunday when he catches the touchdown and he has the elaborate Super Bowl celebration with Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and, and, and Saquon Barkley. I, I, I dreamt about that, like having that moment, much like when V. Cruz blew up. I look forward to seeing that Super Bowl salsa. You know, I wanted to see that. But, you know, instead of getting Odell, the most electrifying football player in the game, doing what he does at the height of the sport, I had to watch the GM of the New York Giants, Dave Gettleman, perform what I'd like to call a giant blunder. Now, this is the gray area. I, I understand that I'm not here to be biased. I'm not here to choose sides. I like to tell you the truth, but I have to let my bias show off the rip. I don't have any faith in Dave Gettleman at all. Starting off with Eli Manning. That man is finished. You know, I love Eli. I'm constantly having battles with Giants fans who want to tell me that I am a hater because I say Eli is done. They'll tell you things like, I don't know, he didn't have any protection, the O-line got better in the second half, you know, things needed to go a certain way for Eli to be good. He, he's a pocket passer, so if he doesn't have an O-line, how can you expect him to be good? And you know what? Those are fair points. I, I hear you guys. You know, Jarvis isn't, you know, I, I'm not belligerent. I'm not ignorant. Believe me when I tell you, I hear you. But that completely ignores the fact that the, the offensive line that Eli Manning had the year before this past season was worse, right? We just sat through a season where we watched Eli a lot of times air mail balls. Pause. He couldn't even throw accurately in the intermediate game. Sometimes even the, 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 the check downs to Saquon were off target. We left a lot of points on the field because Eli was so afraid of the rush that he would hit the ground before the pressure actually got to him. He cannot move. I've said it on numerous occasions. He has cinder blocks for feet. I'm not saying we need Michael Vick 2.0, but what we need at the quarterback position is not someone who needs the utmost protection and perfection. We need a playmaker. 
Eli Manning is not that. Eli needs the O-line. He needs all the protection. He needs to make sure that he has a clean pocket so that he can set his feet and, and maybe even then throw accurately down the field because his deep ball has it's gone awry. The ball sails. These are the signs of a quarterback who is losing it. It's not about hate. It's about watching all 16 games and seeing where a quarterback falls off. He can short pass you to death. But when it's time to make a play, when it's, when it's time for the offense to attack the defense and put pressure on said defense, we cannot depend on Eli wholeheartedly to get that done. So I go to Dave Gettleman, right? You come in, first year as GM, first draft as GM. There's three quarterbacks in that draft who I believe are franchise quarterbacks. I told a lot of you buffoons who argue with me that Baker Mayfield was that guy. And a lot of you scoff because he was short because you listen to what the TV tells you. You had Sam Darnold, right? Rosen as well. I don't really care about any of those other quarterbacks in that draft. Let's be frank. I'm going to keep even the black guy. You know, I'm all about the black guy, but I don't even care about him because he's one dimensional. Until he can throw the ball, he doesn't get his name on the gray area. He's the black guy. Okay. But the fact remains is Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Those were the guys, hands down. If people actually watched college football, they would know that you have three really good quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield is transformative. I told y'all he was special. Sam Darnold needed a year. Josh Rosen had the best mechanics of the three of them. These are things that you can work with. Facts. But the man, Gettleman, came in there and he drafted a running back. Okay, now, this might seem like a rerun because I've, I've ranted about this already, but I'm not going to stay here for too long. My point is, in the NFL and maybe in all of sports, when you compare high usage and results-based skill positions in sports, running back is the most expendable, okay? Look at, on top of the fact that look at the money they gave Saquon. They gave him a lot of chicken. And he's going to overperform what they gave him already. Which means now when his contract comes up in another three years, because they're going to want to start talking money before his rookie deal is completed, he's going to want to get paid. And we've seen throughout NFL history in the cap era, teams are hesitant to throw the bag at a running back. I, I keep telling Giants fans that you need to be a little more concerned about Saquon leaving because you got to wonder if the Giants will want to pay a man who's going to outperform a damn near. He got $34 million as a rookie. I might be mistaken, but if my memory holds right, a lot of that 34 mil is guaranteed. So if he, uh, are you telling me, let's say 75% of that 34 is guaranteed. What do you think he's going to want on the back end for the new deal? So now you have to ask yourself, Giants fans, did we make the right decision? Dave Gettleman, did we make the right decision? A lot of Giants fans love SB, but will you love SB when it's time to pay him, when it's time to give him about maybe $45 million in guaranteed money after he cooks up his rookie deal? Are you prepared to do that? But you have Odell Beckham, okay? A generational talent. Like, there's, there's a difference between maybe transcendent and generational. A transcendent guy could be someone who's good for an era. A generational talent is someone who we'll talk about forever, Okay? Odell Beckham is someone we will talk about forever. You paid the man. You, you, you brought in all these skill players, but you don't have a quarterback to deliver the ball. 
You treated him like he was Antonio Brown with the off-field antics. Even a quote just came up from Giants' ownership that said that as bad as it seemed, the noise seemed, we never felt like Odell was unmanageable. This is the owner saying this, but you have an old-school, old-money mentality GM and Dave Gettleman who sees a loud black wide receiver as a problem. Just like he didn't want to pay Josh Norman, the loud black cornerback, when they were in Carolina, he treated Odell the same way. And, and, and you know what's funny? The irony is he was the general manager at the time when Josh Norman and Odell had that scrap on the field. So it doesn't surprise me that he never cared for Odell because Odell's not his kind of guy, hands down. He's not an Odell guy. It doesn't fit with his beliefs. He's talking. To, he's in here, Gettleman, talking about hog mollies and building up the O-line, which I'm all for. But you want to build up the O-line. You want, you want to get a running back. You want to have a quarterback who doesn't, who you're not entrusting to do too much. You're going to have him dink and dunk and, and, and play action pass your way to success. Now people will say, oh, job. But, you know, the Panthers went 15-1 and one with Gettleman that year, with Cam Newton that year. That's a whole fact. But the irony of that comeback that you will give to me is, a lot of the argument for why they couldn't beat Denver in the Super Bowls because guess what? They didn't have a wide receiver to, you know, stretch the field and make things easier for the quarterback and whoever the running back was. You know what I mean? When I look at Gettleman, he's trying to recreate a situation that he had in Carolina. Granted, he feels Odell's a handful, right? He wants to have a clean locker room. Look who he brought in, Golden Tate. That tells you they're going for great locker room guys. But then if you ask any giant teammate, Odell is a great teammate. He's not a bad guy. He's an A1 teammate. He's pretty loud. The bleach blonde hair. Some of the things that happen off the field. I'll admit it. Odell is not a Giants type of player. But the irony of it all is when the Giants, you see a lot of ironic things happen on this episode. I don't want to lose you. But the irony of it all is the Giants, you could say best era in the 80s into the early 90s, had Lawrence Taylor, who had a, a slew of off-the-field issues, but he was a generational talent. And I couldn't imagine the Giants trading him for poor optics. huh? You trade good players for poor optics. You deal with the generational prodigies because they're a little crazy. People who are super gifted, they're not always all the way wrapped tight. You know what I mean? So now you tell me you draft a running back. You trade Odell. We still don't have a quarterback because if you ask me, Eli's not our quarterback. Facts. What type of team you building? You All right, you got good character players. You have players that, you know, they'll stay out of the headlines. But what about the wins and losses? Last I checked, if you play a sport... People pay all kinds of money to come see said sport. It's about wins and losses, preferably wins. Dave Gettleman is so concerned about the locker room and optics, in my opinion, that he's done that in spite of wins and losses. You've already proven that you don't want to overpay for skilled players. You want to get them cheap, then let them walk. So Saquon, you know, you might want to prepare yourself to let him walk. What kills me on top of that is you paid Odell Beckham. I was really furious, okay, the last time I recorded because believe it or not, I was walking. I had just gotten out the train station to head to the studio. And I'm getting, as I mentioned in the previous episode, DMs, text messages, comments on statuses on, on social media that Odell is gone. 
right? It messed me up because then they got me to thinking. Odell didn't have a new deal last year. He was still on his rookie deal. He had crazy trade value because his, his dollar amount was controllable, right? You had an opportunity to trade him to get even more than what you got, yet you paid him. You didn't keep Eli. I mean, you kept Eli. You traded Odell, and now you have $21 million of dead money on the cap split over this year and next year. Now, if we circle back to Eli, if you had done what I said you should have done in the first place, Eli would have had dead money accounting against last season's cap. Therefore, we would have drafted our young quarterback, still had our stud wide receivers and a tight end. You might have still been able to build up the O-line and we would have had more money to spend because Eli would have been off the books. Facts. So you mean to tell me you're holding on to Eli's corpse, essentially? You paid Odell, then you traded him to now have two years of dead money counting against the cap? What are you doing? Come on, son. I'm having a hard time understanding the logic. Everything about this whole Odell move seems like someone who's cutting off his nose to spite his face. I, It's confusing. I love the New York Giants, man. But I don't like a, a, a GM who is so hung up on what he believes football is and what it means when he came into the Giants, what it means to be a New York football giant, that you don't realize that the game is changing. The game, and put it this way, sports especially, is more athletic than it's ever been at any time in history. You look at the good teams in the NFL, Sands, the Patriots, the Patriots, I don't know what they're doing over there in New England besides cheating on occasion, but the way they play the game is glorious. But everywhere else around the league, athletic offenses, players who put immense pressure on defense, players who attack offenses. What has Dave Gettleman done to add to that movement? You're trying to build a team that's going to, you know, muck the game up and play a, play a slow-paced New York football giant game, whereas you see what's happening in New Orleans, right? You see what's happening in Kansas City. You see what's happening in, in, in Los Angeles. You saw what happened the year before in Philadelphia. Even the Cowboys, with Zeke Elliott realized we needed to get a wide receiver. So even after they figured out that, they tra- even after they traded Des Bryant, they realized we can't be a vanilla power offense. We need a stud. Who did they go and get? Amari Cooper. Nothing about this in New York makes sense. You look over to what the New York Jets are doing. They drafted the quarterback the Giants should have drafted. Then what did they do after that? They went and they signed Le'Veon Bell. They mortgaged their future on the quarterback. Let him take his bumps. Then you added him toys to play with. That's what you're supposed to do. Quarterback is the most important position in the sport. You had three, not even three. By the time your pick came up, you had two to choose from, and you chose a running back. Then you traded the, the generational wide receiver. You only got uh, you, you, what, a draft pick and an average safety at best when you had multiple draft picks coming your way just a year ago. I'm so confused by this. You know, this is going to come off as like a an angry rant, and I dig it. I hear you. Because at the end of the day, may, maybe Gettleman does have a plan. Maybe Gettleman's plan will work out. Maybe the Giants will win and all of this will be for naught. But right now, today, it doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't make sense at all. You look to, to New England, why have they had consistent success over the years? The quarterback. You look at the teams that have been around Brady from the first championship until I guess now it's six championships, right? The skill players have consistently changed. The quarterback is the constant. They got him for his whole career, his whole prime, his extended prime, etc. Eli Manning, you Giants fans hold on to he beat Brady twice. And it's like, all right. So because he beat Brady twice, I should just be okay with the garbage that surrounds it, the, the missed playoffs, the, the questionable throws, the interceptions, the, the, the random decisions, the, the sack fumbles at the worst possible time. Did I mention missing the playoffs more often than making the playoffs? It has never been a stretch of continued success with the Giants. And that's during Eli's whole career. Even Tom Coughlin, they've had moments of grandeur, the highest level of grandeur, but we've never been consistently successful. Being a Giants fan is like playing a lottery. Either you're going to hit it or you're going to keep buying a ticket and hoping you get a number or two. It's, it's never truly consistent. Looking at what Gettleman is doing, holding on to the, the, to the washed-up old quarterback, drafting the running back, getting rid of the generational talent, you know, trying to fix the locker room with your kind of guys. And if you look at Carolina, Carolina, you know, after they made the Super Bowl, they, they took a step back. That team wasn't sustainable because you didn't have the requisite parts to continue to at least be playoff-worthy on a year-in, a year-out basis. Even with Cam Newton, you didn't supply Cam Newton with the parts. Every good quarterback needs a receiver, a running back, and a tight end. They still don't have the receiver in Carolina. And that was on the Yo Watch. And the guy that you drafted, he got traded because he wasn't any good. The Giants had a running back. They had a couple of running backs on the roster who could play. They weren't Saquon good, but if, if you have Odell, you drafted the young quarterback, Odell always draws two to three people in his direction, which means that there's freedom on the field for other players like Sterling Shepard, like, like, like uh, I forget this kid's name, the running back that we had, Gallman. You know, these players are there. Tight end with an E, Evan Ingram. You traded for a linebacker? Ogletree traded a draft pick for a linebacker who's solid. If the Rams, well, what they were building, did not want Ogletree, you shouldn't have wanted Ogletree. Why not draft one? If you were going to trade Odell, why not trade him last year for draft picks so you could have drafted a stud linebacker? Look what the Cowboys did in the past few years. They got two mega studs at linebacker to kill us for the next 10 years while we, while we did what? Huh? Jabril Peppers. You couldn't even get us a stud safety, Jabril Peppers. I'm bitter, bro. Like I, I'm, I'm super bitter. I, I can't even like hide my bitterness. At first, I wasn't even gonna talk about it. I told people I wasn't gonna talk about it, but it's like I can't even go on social media. I see Odell Instagram page, and it just depresses me because it's like he's, he's even he was depressed. He didn't want to be traded. Then you send him to Cleveland with the quarterback that I wanted. The world's a cruel place. Facts. And now we, we circle to this draft. Now, now we're hearing, oh, we don't know who the Giants won't be. They, uh, they, don't, they might not even attend quarterback. They believe in Eli Manning. Did you see what happened at the end of last season? He played well. The, the offensive line, it got better. He played okay. Eli Manning wasn't a world beater at the end of the season. He played all right. He was solid. 
that you you want to go forward with a solid quarterback instead of once again drafting there's two quarterbacks in this draft. Murray Haskins. Two brothers. I don't know the Giants history, you know, but I know for a fact they ain't never drafted a brother to be quarterback. So that that's the question in and of itself. Or do they want to make a black quarterback to face their franchise? I love being some New York Giants, but the fact remains is racism is real. You know, it is what it is. But the talk is, oh, they're gonna go defense. They're gonna go defense. We're gonna, we believe with Eli. We, we're gonna go forward with Eli. He got Eli got his five million dollar roster bonus while Odell is crying in Cleveland. I'm better, you know. So what happens now if they don't take a quarterback, huh, Mr. Gettleman? Are you gonna be sorry again? Another year of uh, of the New York Football Giants losing seventy percent of the Sundays they play on, or the Mondays, or the Saturdays, or the Thursdays. Just being sorry. What are we going to do in New York City? At some point, New York, I feel like New York is too calm to get him. I guess because he's only in his second year as GM, but he's done enough follies to where you have to raise your eyebrow. You have to question what the direction is. If you read all of the press clippings that are attached to the New York Giants, the question is, what is the direction of this football team? Where are they going? What are they trying to be? To me, the Giants are in purgatory. That's the worst place to be in sports. The way the drafting system is set up, it pays off to be really bad. And if you're not really bad, you might want to be really good. You don't want to be somewhere in the middle going 7-9, and 6-10, and 8-8. Eight and eight. You don't want to do that. You want to be really good or really bad. Because if you're really good, you're winning. If you're really bad, you're stacking up draft capital to make your team eventually really good. See the, see the Los Angeles Rams as an example of how you stockpile your draft picks to become really good. It's, it's really puzzling to me. I, I, I'm at a loss for words that they are considering not drafting a quarterback or at least trading for Rosen. Because all you have to do, like, the minute Arizona commits – to Murray as their quarterback as the number one overall pick in the draft. If I'm the New York football giants, I'm getting on the phone, I'm offering my second round pick for Rosen, and then you draft two defenders because then it all comes into the full picture. You'd have got the best talent arguably in the draft. I, I still think Baker Mayfield's the best player in that draft last year. But you could say you got the best talent at the running back position in Saquon Barkley. And then you would have gotten one of the three best quarterbacks in the draft last year on your team this year. Now, now we cook it with some Greeks, and then I'll come off that ledge. But somehow or the other, because it's this team that I love so much, a big part of me feels like they're not going to draft a quarterback or they're going to draft some random quarterback in the third round from Duke who didn't do anything worth note at Duke to, to be that great white hope at quarterback at 6'6", and he has a really big arm, like it's not 2019, and we need some mobility, right? We're going to draft defense, and hopefully be a, a ugly watching football team that mucks the game up for four quarters and wins like, like 20 to 14 or something. Listen, you need athleticism. You need talent. Haskins, Rosen, even Murray provide that because you need a quarterback with good feet who can move, who can extend plays, not run. You hear what I'm saying to you fools? Because I know some of y'all like the sparse words and tell me what I'm saying. Listen clearly. Not run. Move. It's a different. Stretch plays out. Use your arm. Be accurate, etc. That's what's needed in the current NFL. You look at any good team in the NFL not named the Patriots. And even then, Brady can move around. When Brady slides in the pocket with the best of them. But every other team 
has a quarterback who can get out the pocket and extend the play and make things happen. Even Phillip Rivers' old self can do that. Eli Manning can't move. He just falls over like a loaf of bread because he feels the pressure. It is time to move on. The league is changing around you. The, as the rules shift towards offense more and more and more, the game is an open field, fast-paced, dare I say, college-style game. The statuesque quarterback does not play anymore. Not at all. It's time to level up, New York Giants. Enough of these blunders. Enough of the BS. Enough of the your, your beliefs and your sensibilities being pushed on the team and just bring in good players who can play and let this Giants team be successful because, damn it, my only hope right now is the New York Mets. And y'all know how that go already. I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm a Laker fan. I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Mets fan. I need one of these teams to be good, and they hate. it kills me that I have to rely on the Mets to be good. I like the Mets because they, I love them, you know? I could go watch the game whether they win or lose. I just love the Mets. But I don't want to depend on the Mets because that leads to heartbreak. The, Met, the Mets lose the same way the Knicks lose. They make you watch the whole game and then lose at the very end and leave you upset until they come on TV again. So hello, Giants. Get it together. Help your boy out. I'm not asking for too much. This is Chapter 44 of the Gray Area. I'm your boy, Jav. That's the saying goes. Whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect.